Hello and welcome to the Way John Taylor Patriot Report. Today is Saturday, February 20th, 2021, and I'm your host, Way John Taylor, editor of the pamphlet. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've had a fantastic week. I apologize for not having a podcast out yesterday. I was in labor and delivery, and nope, we don't have our new baby yet, but we just figured it would be fun to take a hour and a half drive down the pass through icy conditions in the middle of the night while enjoying contractions and counting um, in between contractions. But I am here and glad to be here. Glad to share some thoughts and conversation about the Patriot movement, how things are shaping up, and some things that are influencing us these days. First off, I'd like to say thank you for everyone who has sent mail, sent messages, um, and let me know how much you appreciate the things that my wife and I do, um, how much you enjoy the pamphlet, our podcasts, um, other things. And I, I can't express how much it really means to us, especially during those periods of time when when we feel alone in that that fight um, for liberty and freedom, and and we hear from so many people who feel the same, you know, for many years we've gone on in our lives, done our our work, our home life, our school, our education, whatever it is that we were doing, and we just kept on keeping on, and there there would always be the 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 bird flu of the year or the flu of the year or the the crisis of the year, um, hurricane season, whatever it is, it's always big one sensational thing over another and, you know, enough to draw our attention away and, and keep us busy. And then we go back to work the next day and or the next week if we had a power outage or whatever the case may be. And, and we continued on and moved through our life. And then last year happened. And at first... As everything was early rolling out in late December of 2019 and, and early January 2020, I think around just shortly after New Year's, I, I was aware that there was a problem. It hasn't, wasn't here yet, at least officially, um, but it certainly was in China, and I was just kind of picking up on it. I always have my ear to the ground of these sort of things. And... You know, like Ebola before it and other things, you know, my my ears always perk up and I always start paying attention to things. And everything in the past has always just moved on and, and we managed to get past it. But last year, something something different happened. It was pretty clear from the beginning that there was two competing forces involved in this crisis. Two two totally different narratives. And uh, this continued throughout the duration of the year. Whatever President Trump did, the press came out and vilified him and attacked him. This is a little bit different from our traditional crises in our past history. Generally, what happens in American history is there's a crisis, everyone sets aside their differences, and everyone rallies around the president, we accept the direction, and we all move forward and try and conquer this crisis. But last year, 
the powers that be took a totally uh, antagonistic approach and decided that they were going to attack everything that was done to try and first find out if this virus was really that dangerous and second what needed to be done about it at first the administration was relatively cautious uh, masks don't do this much we don't know about it much about it we're not quite sure what's going on the typical things that an administration should do but then the media sensationalized everything the way they manipulated the media really you couldn't help but be drawn into this big fear of oh my gosh people are dropping like flies in china after all that's what they were showing on on tv they were showing people walking around and completely collapsing in the middle of the street and dying and and this was what they programmed us with early on at least the masses the people and so the natural cry was for the government to do something anything to protect us from this thing and the administration cut off all tra air traffic from the, from the area and sealed up the country something that has never been done to, at least in my knowledge, especially to this scale. And he was criticized for that. It turned out it was the right thing to do to prevent this disease. And it turns out in the long run that most people, 99.97 percentage of the population, will survive this and everything will be fine. Now certainly there is a small percentage. I may be even one of them. I have a lung condition and other problems that should I get it? Eh, wouldn't be that good for me. But I, I don't run around with a mask or face diaper on and, and scream. And I'm certainly not going to get a vaccine. And I don't really all care that much. When my time is up, my time is up. I don't live in the world of fear. I trust in the Lord and I know where I'm going when I'm done. But for those that don't have faith, I get it. They're paralyzed. They're afraid. They don't know what's going to happen when they die. So they must be afraid. And nobody wants to just collapse in the street and have convulsions and go out that way. I mean, there's a ball game that's on next week. Oh, well, no, not anymore. Those sort of things are canceled. But certainly there's a new episode of The Bachelor that everyone wants to watch. So not ready to die yet. But I digress. My point is, is that fear was the narrative. And they whipped up this fear. And they targeted it at the most... Oh, susceptible population. And we know the most susceptible part of our population is our youth, younger generation, the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, the teenagers, especially those that are already indoctrinated into to believing that socialism is a warm, fuzzy thing and, and that no harm ever happened as a result of socialism. You know, the people that they already have in their pockets, the professors and the, the, the news corporations, and, and they, they capitalized on their, their assets. And they drove these people into, into fear. And before long, we had a population that was freaking out. Because something must be done. We're all going to die. I mean, after all, at least 10% of the people that were going to get it were going to die, right? That was the original thing. And then, hey, that 10% would be, you know, 320 million, ah, 3.2 million people. Uh, of the population is, is going to be dead from this thing. Well, that's not what happened. But the 
unconstitutional mandates and lockdowns that they put in place are still here. It's been roughly roughly a year later. I live in Washington State, one of the first areas hit, and on or about this time, I have to look, I'm just going by memory, is when all of a sudden patient X in the United States was here. And there was this big fear. And our tyrannical emperor governor was one of the first ones to to really put the screws on everything. And he hasn't let up since. We're still in phase lockdown. We just barely went to this phase two, which means restaurants can open 25%. And (laughs) there are no plans. Out of his own mouth, there are no plans for a phase three. We're just in perpetual phase two. And there's always lockdowns and face masks and controlled government-controlled way to do business. That is indefinite at this point in time. And the big buzz from all the our restaurants that are finally able to have indoor dining, and even if it's at limit, limited percent, the big buzz from everybody is, well, at least we can do something. That is the focus. Not any longer what we can't do. And this is what I wanted to get into. I'm sorry that I took a little bit uh, to get here. But I needed to paint the picture on where we've been. Yes, I know we've all been there and we lived through it together. But just to bring us full circle and to realize it's been about a year, folks. And what we seen last year was the fundamental change of our society. At the beginning of January 2020, it was a good thing to be called a patriot, to be called someone who loved freedom, liberty, and the American dream. Now, if you believe that way and if you feel that way, according to the Democrats that are in power, you're a traitor and you should be re-educated, imprisoned, hung, deplatformed, censored, erased from the planet, if that's what it takes. That is how far we have gone in a year. And none of us thought that we would go here, certainly not in such a short period of time. But I draw attention to this so that I can let you know that we need to stop focusing on these crisis of the moments. It will not be long in case, or excuse me, it will not be long until the next bird flu, swine flu, Ebola, plague, uh, coronavirus 2.0, the next strain of whatever, comes around for them to enable to continue these lockdowns and this control. Remember this, once government asserts control or takes control, it does not give it back. It, it's just impossible to them in their mind or their mentality. There's a fear of letting go of what they just gained. Government naturally, organically, regardless of who's in power, seeks to continuously gain power and authority. And the people's role is to assert themselves and put government in its place. That is why we have the Bill of Rights to ensure that the people always have control over the government. And whenever you recognize the Bill of Rights being trampled on, 
and constitutional rights and unalienable rights being trampled on, you can be rest assured that government is advancing in power. And if it is allowed to happen too far, unchecked, what you will find yourself in is either A, a dictatorship, B, a plutocracy or oligarchy, which is basically power by few, C, communism, uh, which we, we all, well, those of us at least my age, know what a terrible thing that was and scourge upon the world for, for decades. Or lastly, chaos and anarchy. That's what happens if government takes too much power. The corporatocracy of um, CEOs and influential lobbyists that actually base well, own government worldwide, not just here in, in this country, but around the world. They, through their meetings at Davos or uh, Bilderberg meetings, or you know, decide what has been going on for decades, and we've allowed it to happen. And we, the people, have allowed it to happen in the span of a year to, to get to the, the crossroads of what's next. And we have to make a decision within ourselves what we are going to do about it. Or I guess the fundamental decision is even more primal than that. Are we going to do something about it or not? And I'd like to think about that. And I'd like you to think about that. And we'll discuss that when I get back after this break. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. So right before the break, I asked you to make a decision or to, to contemplate something. What are you willing to do, or rather, are you willing to do anything about your current situation? You don't even have to know what yet. Are you willing to do something about it? And with that in mind, if the answer is no, cool. Thanks for being honest with yourself. The rest of the podcast and any of my future podcasts generally don't apply to you. And if I know where the food truck's going to be in the middle of the chaos ahead, I'll try and get word to you. And good luck to you. If you've decided to do something about it, it's not my job to tell you what. First off, I don't even know what I'm doing half the time about it. I am throwing darts at a dartboard way off in the distance, and I couldn't even tell you if I'm hitting. But I am putting out a monthly publication out of my own pocket, and I am doing podcasts once or twice a week. I am engaging on social media with various individuals trying to motivate them, educate them, support them, um, console with them through their difficulties in losing freedom. And I'm active in my community. On top of it, I have a full-time family, full-time farm, and I'm a disabled veteran on a limited income. So I'm doing what I can 
And that should give you an idea, one, that you're capable of doing more than you are. Because I know I'm even capable of doing more than I am. And I'm flat out 18 hours a day burnt out. But two, that small things matter. You're listening to me right now. Some disabled vet who was in the infantry, was in the Presidential Honor Guard, spent some time in D.C., got a little bit of a behind-the-scenes view of how things are, worked on and off in government outside of my military career, worked in business, did lived my life. I worked on both sides of the aisle. Um, I was a Republican, then I was a Democrat, and then I am now someone who refuses to affiliate with a party. I, I vote typically Republican, but I don't believe in parties. I think parties are evil. All parties do is give you two choices, maybe three if you're lucky. And, and that's it. They don't give you a choice between a good person and not what they give you as a, an endorsement between two parties. I don't believe in endorsements for that matter. I think that a person should stand for office and they should be voted in on the merits of their character and what they actually do and how honest they have been in their lives and do they deliver on what they say they're going to do. If we simply changed nothing else other than that, the world would be a di different place. So, but that being said, despite what I believe, the reality is, is that right now, things aren't working. Right now, we've lost our freedom. Right now, there are a lot of injured individuals mentally because this government has been squashing them. For most of my life, I have believed that somebody or something, some elected official or some program, some, some entity, some mythical, magical being is going to save everything. And that kept me going to work, doing the things I needed to do to just live my life and, you know, I'll live my life and everything will be fine. And that turned out to be a tragic mistake, not only for me, but for our country and the whole world. You and I now need to look ourselves in the mirror every day and say, are we happy with how the world is? And will we do something about it? Or are we simply going to do what we have been doing and do nothing and let it continue to slide into the abyss? So now that you've decided to do something about it, what do you do? Analyze yourself. What's your situation? What's going on in your life? Pray about it. Take it to the, the old man in the sky. Get on your knees or pray going to work, driving down the road. It really doesn't matter. Just have that conversation with you and the other guy. And just one-on-one. -on -one. And do that continually and regularly. And what you're going to do is going to come to you. It is going to come to you in a 
a little voice in your head or not like Beetlejuice, like, hey, come here, want to zag nut? <laughs> not going to work like that. But it does come as an idea. It comes as a subtle thing and a warm thing. And it feels good and it feels right. And you know what what you need to do. And then the hard part, the really hard part, is taking that step. Opening that email account. Opening that business account. Getting that business license. Or whatever it is that, that leads you one step along the way. Starting to write a pamphlet. Reaching out to do like-minded people and say, hey, let's get a work group together. And I got an idea I need to pitch to some people and, and I need some help. Taking that first step and and marching down the road. In, in this day and age, it is the equivalent of throwing a musket on your shoulder and packing a sandwich in your knapsack and throwing on an overcoat and going down the road with the militia. Our modern day militia needs to be individuals that are engaged on all levels. It needs to be people who are willing to take to social media and start expressing their views, to writing flyers, making copies of it, and posting it around town, to going to city council meetings and finding out what's going on and sharing your voice, as scary as it may be, on what you think should happen in those meetings, to engaging with your city councilmen, um, county commissioners, mayors, Say, hey, I'd like to have lunch with you. I've never met with a political individual before. And I'd like to to have lunch and, and figure out what you're thinking. What where, where where where's your priorities? And by the way, can can I express my opinion? And we talk as two human beings. Wow, can you imagine the impact you could have in your county, in your town, in your city, if you had three, four, or five individuals, regardless of party, get that out of your head, just stop thinking that way. Find out what makes them tick. What keeps them up at night? What are their fears? What are they thinking? get out of the the trench as far as that person over there is the enemy they're human beings and they are americans and you need to understand them and hopefully if you take the time to understand them they will compassionately want to do the same and get to understand you and perhaps that dialogue over lunch would start something in this country that is desperately needed. And we can undo all the nasty things that the, the corporations and these, the, the, these evil individuals have seized control of our government. It starts local. It starts on a local level. And, and now whenever I talk like this, I always get a couple of messages in, uh, that, that are people filled with rage and said they are beyond talking to. We've tried to talk with them. We've tried to do this. We've tried to... I get all that, okay? 
I understand your rage and your anger and your frustration. We had an election stolen from us, period. That's fact. We've been forced to put on masks that are ineffective. That's fact. We've been changing our world and destroying our economy over a virus that most people survive. That's fact. And if you talk to any common person, even in hospitals, and believe me, I've, I've had my fill of people in hospitals and medical centers lately, they think the same way that you and I do. They don't believe in the mass. They don't believe in the virus. Sure, there's about a third, maybe 20% of the population who is brain dead indoctrinated to whatever comes across the airwaves. But you still should get to know them as a human being. You still should reach out somehow to try and connect. As hard as it is, I get it. If we can cross that bridge, if we can be the better person, then no matter what happens in the future, we will have been able to say we absolutely did everything we could to, to save this relationship of America. Because the alternative, my friends, is no America. Let that sink in for a second. No United States of America. A North American continent filled with tribal factions of radicals on the left, radicals on the right, and millions upon millions of innocent people caught in the middle and what border they live on and what area they live on will determine how they live at that moment and there will not be peace and there will not be joy there will not be happiness in the vast majority of individuals in this country that is the alternative if we do nothing and we have to do everything in our power to try and save our country to try and remind every facet and every side of this country what is great about this country. And we do that by trying to reach out and have a conversation with individuals. If they don't want to have the conversation, great, no big deal, fine, cool, you tried. And maybe you end up with a fire chief, a, a, a deputy, and, and, you know, your, your village people uh, of, of people who had lunch with you. That's where it starts. That's where the conversation starts. Because they have friends. And they have friends. And they have friends. And so on and so on. And if we have an army. Yes, I say army. Go ahead. Call me a terrorist. I don't care. You can call me a white supremacist too. I don't care. I know what I am and God knows what I am. But we'll have an army of individuals who are patriots fighting for freedom and liberty and what is right. And if you have a prayer in your backpack every morning as you go out, you will always have God on your side. Whether or not you go to church or not is irrelevant and I could care less. That's your deal. Everybody's personal religion is up to them. But I'll tell you what, if you have a conversation with the, the great unknown upstairs, you'll be right, no matter what you do. Because that little voice is going to tell you when you're doing wrong, 
And if you listen to when you're doing wrong and when you're doing right, you're going to get it okay. And ultimately, you're going to be a better person today than you were the day before. And if you're on that path, you're on the path to victory. And that is what it means when you decide to do something. That is what it means when you decide to follow whatever the Lord asks you to do. You're going to get instructions. And you're going to get better. And you're going to have a wonderful and scary time of it. And whatever comes after that, you will be shocked because one thing will develop into another. And before long, instead of putting together a small piece of paper that's going out to a town of about a thousand, you're in all 50 states and 42 countries, and you have people emailing you and sending you messages, and your your document is going out all over the world. You're doing a podcast. You're, you're doing speeches. You're doing all sorts of crazy things that you never would have thought would happen to you. I still don't know and won't know where this journey is taking me. But I will go and do the things that the Lord asked me to do. Because I know the option to that was doing what the adversary would have me do. And I'm done with that. So thank you if you've made that decision to do something. I look forward to having you along this journey. It is going to be a fantastic ride. And I am excited to see what every day brings because throughout the chaos and throughout all the smoke, I will have clarity in my life. And I know if you're on that journey, you'll have clarity in your life. And it'll be chaotic. It'll be challenging. But, oh, wow, it's awesome. I'm here to tell you, the Lord is a Lord of miracles. And it is a fantastic world. So thank you for listening to this segment I'm glad that you decided to to make that decision, and I look forward to to hearing from you directly about your journey on our website, www.thepamphlet.net. There is a community section. It's under development, still working on it, but you can sign up, sign in, um, and we'll be able to converse. We'll be able to talk. We'll have some groups. We'll have a forum. We'll you know it's it's growing. So uh, I encourage you to go there check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how you're doing, what what ideas you have, and I'll let you know what ideas I have. And together, we're going to make this thing happen. We're going we're gonna to build back the republic. We're going to make America fantastic again. Because great again wasn't good enough. We'll make America... Trumpier again. I don't know. There's a billion things that we could say that could just make it all happen. But I'm looking forward to it. When I come back, the final segment. Welcome back. I appreciate you sticking around. I'm sure this podcast may seem a little bit longer and a little bit different than the ones in previously. I'm trying a few different things here and allowing myself to go off onto some tangents and maybe speak a little bit longer than, than normal. Let me know what you think. Uh, you can always reach me at uh, editor at thepamphlet.net. And if you like what we do, you can subscribe 
at www.patreon.com forward slash the underscore pamphlet. That's where you'll find uh, availability to support in, in various denominations. And you can even get home delivery of the, our monthly publication and access to a few other uh, exclusive things. My brain went blank. Sorry about that. So, thank you. And I encourage you to check us out on also our main website, www.thepamphlet.net. And hopefully you like what you see. We have a new community section we're working on. And I hope to engage with many of you as we work together to try and make the world a better place. All right. Enough about that. Now on to my final section. And I think I'll use an, an analogy on a real-world problem that I'm dealing with and have been dealing with for days. So outside, I have a, a frost-free spigot that comes out of the ground, like many places do in, in this area. And like other places, uh, they freeze up. Especially, you know, when you have temperatures and the negatives and, and it gets really cold. But livestock need water. And, you know, when you're, you're poor and you don't have uh, heated everything, um, heated lines and, and heated water troughs and stuff like that, you fight this battle all winter with, with the water spigot and getting water to the pigs and chickens and turkeys and rabbits. And uh, I don't need to go on with everything in my farm, but you, um, <laughs> you, get, you have to give water to all your creatures. And... Um, I've been at this for, I think, five years now in, in this climate and environment and, and dealing with it. And and over the years, I've learned different things. I've learned that as soon as you're done watering, you, you, you disconnect the hose and let it drain back down to the ground so it doesn't freeze. And, um, and I've even got a, a heater tape strapped to this, this pipe, and I can plug it in and keep it from, from freezing as well. But I, you know, even though that it's wrapped there, it's it's not plugged in and, and hasn't been all winter because I've had this, you know, pride issue. Oh, well, I know how to use this so it doesn't get frozen. And as long as I do this, this and this, then then, then it's all good. It's all taken care of. And, and all winter, it, it's worked just fine. Even when I was into the single digits and the negatives, um, it worked just fine. And it gets close to today. We had our, our first our first day above freezing and and I, I don't know how long um but it, it, it's been a month or two at least but and so two days ago this thing froze up and <laughs> that's my pride pride kicking in there doing something stupid like yeah i got this um you, you probably can can relate i'm sure but so now i've got to i've got to plug this thing in well i i had allowed the plug to sit there and it is now encased in three inches of ice and had about a foot, foot and a half of snow on top of it. And I've been working for, for three days with ice melt and all sorts of different things to, to work on. I, I tried a, a torch. I'm doing different things as I'm trying to, to work on this and I can't get too close or do anything else because uh, the cord's made out of you know rubber and you don't want to melt all that and you know it's anyway the the point is is that we're all struggling with that with with our government right now 
and with the government that is actually supposed to answer to us. We put a system in place. Our, our ancestors did 244 years ago. When, well, that was the Declaration of Independence. But so to 230, I don't know, six, seven, we put a, we put a system in, in place a few hundred years ago. And, and it was supposed to do a job. And we figured, all right, we got this. We're going to work. We're going to take care of our lives. We're going to raise our kids. We're going to do all this. And we'll engage and, and remind it every once in a while. We'll, we'll, we'll protest and, and burn bras and do whatever it is that we do. And once or twice a year to go out there and say, oh, we're in charge. And, and then go about our lives. And, and over the years, we well, maybe once every five years, there's something worth protesting about. And then we have most people in their lives who haven't even been to a protest. I haven't, personally. I've been, well, okay, I've been part of a protest. I've been to some, uh, at some, um, whether in in the capacity of, uh, of either military, government, observation, uh, other things, just bystander, but seen them. But never have I, personally, been to a protest. So I figured I got this. And now, when I really need my government to do its job and be responsive to me, the citizen, it is encased in ice. Solid. Frozen. Unresponsive to whatever I want it to do. It's buried there, somewhere. And still has a function, and, and it would be able to function if I can chisel it out carefully. Now, I can't just light a blowtorch and flame on because then I'm going to melt the heater and I have to go out and buy another one. And, well, I, I don't have money to just buy things like that. And, you know, I don't want to cause any damage. So I've, I've been at it, approaching it from different angles. Ice melt, heater, warm water, mix salt, just all sorts of different things. And, and I'm making good progress. I'm finally down to the ground. But now I think that the cord, or the fine, you know, is, is buried in the, the grass that is now frozen. And now I'm to a different layer. I'm almost there. But now it gets really weedy and hairy. And I've really got to figure it out and be careful because I don't want to cut it. I don't want to cut this cord. don't want to damage it. And I'll forget me for not when I finally get down to it. But, you know, I'm not there yet. yet so I can't make that determination. And I can't act out of fear and say, just uh, burn it to the ground. This is our situation, my folks. This is our government. And right now, we have forces working against us. The media, the socialists, communists, those who actually, globalists who want to destroy the American way of life, who want to destroy our history, to, to claim that 1619 is when slavery started in this country. I got a whole segment on that if you want to. The, the whole 1619 history that they're pushing is a lot anyway. Don't need to go there. My point is, is that the, the, these, those forces that are working against us are the ice. And throwing a hand grenade in the middle of the ice isn't going to do anything. Cause a lot of damage. But it's not going to fix the problem. Armed revolution is not going to fix the problem. Cause a lot of damage. Cause a lot of hurt feelings. And there's certainly a lot of individuals out there that, that have good cause to, to do what is necessary. We're not there yet. So please keep that in mind.
Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, our, our founding fathers. Yes, there was a few hotheads in there, and, and they served their place. But by and large, our founding fathers tried everything they could to work with the British to get them to see, look, you know, we're not necessarily looking for a divorce per se. We just want to be left alone to live our own lives. We want to be able to do what we want to do, and we don't want to hurt anybody, and we want to be respectful, and we just want some representation in our lives, and we're cool with that. And they worked in this vineyard and labored for for a long time. The French and Indian War ended in 1763, I think, and and that's when things really started. The British started leaning and trying to to put the the screws to the colonies. It it wasn't until conflict broke out in 1775. And even then, we weren't united. We just knew that the, the colonies, and generally speaking, were, were now fighting against the British Empire, the most powerful empire in the world, bar none. No equal. And here's a bunch of farmers, bankers, not like rich bankers, you know, moneylenders, cobblers uh that's shoemakers um blacksmiths just just common everyday individuals going at it and trying to defend themselves against the most powerful empire on the planet we're not there yet and we're doing our best to avoid it just like the colonists did and it may very well come a time and a day where they turn the military against us or the military-industrial complex, or the militarized police, or whatever the case may be. And at that point in time, all men, women, and children are going to go through a rough time, regardless of what side of the fence you are on. And all free individuals are going to have to make a decision on what they do. And that moment, hopefully, is in the future and can be avoided. If it happens soon... Well, we'll all do what we need to do. But in the meantime, we have precious time that we can utilize to do the things that we need to do. And I encourage you all to do those things. Chisel away at the ice. Chip away at it. Throw a little bit of ice melt down, a little bit of salt, a little bit of hot water. Work on it. Do whatever you got to do to get through to those representatives that you might have access to. And hopefully you get to a plug and you plug it in the wall and hopefully everything functions. And should at any one point in time it all come to naught, you will be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I have done everything that I possibly can. And it may be tragic that this moment is upon me, but I am ready. I am ready to stand. I have been fighting in every peaceable way that I've been able to. And now that it's time, should it be time, then you can, you can have a good, clear conscience knowing that the things that you have to do are the right things because there is no other way. So that's where we're at, my friends. That is the moment in time that we find ourselves. And I know that it's all going to work out ultimately in the end. We will be okay. As long as we are standing on the side of righteousness and what is right, what is good, what is wholesome, what is 
the good thing to do, then no matter what, everything's going to be okay. And if you keep that in mind, moving forward, you're going to have joy, even in times of chaos. Last year was the best year of my life. I know that sounds crazy for some of you who had a really rough year last year. But last year was the best year of my life. It truly was. Um, I'm blessed and continue to be blessed. Uh, and I, I have so many people who are, are reaching out, loving me, helping me, supporting me. And and I can't thank the world enough for them and thank God enough for them. It, it is, it, it, it's wonderful. And, and those people will come out for you too. I mean, heck, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be your number one cheerleader. I'll do everything I can to help you along. So keep a stiff upper lip, as a friend once used to say. And everything is going to be just fine. Thank you for being on this journey with me and my family as we go forward. We are going to see amazing things in our lifetime. We already have. And we are going to be the tip of the spear, as they say. And that is a beautiful place to be. First in, last out. It's a wonderful place to be in the Army. And it's a wonderful place to be in the peaceful side of things. And it's a wonderful place to be on the Patriot side of things. I'll leave it there. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.